Are you tired of your content not getting the reach it deserves? Change that at Grow With Video Summit. From May 23rd through the 25th, join industry leaders like Gary Vee, Ali Abdal, Patrick Bet David, Cody Sanchez, and more for strategies that will elevate your visibility and engagement. So go to summit.thinkmedia.com to secure your ticket. Just click the link in the description or go to summit.thinkmedia.com how to create more videos in less time. And we're actually gonna be going through 10 productivity tips with two special guests. And really there's gonna probably be about 63 different tactical nuggets that you're gonna learn. These are two of my favorite people in the world. They are part of our Video Rakit Academy. They've built their own uh, influence and doing so many cool things on their own as well. And I can't wait for you to learn from them. Let's get into these tips and I will kind of pass it back and forth. You both submitted some powerful insights of just what you've learned to get more done in less time, to be more productive. And we're gonna start with Jacqueline. And tip number one here is use your passive time productively. And yeah. so, um, you know, Jacqueline, you mentioned some of the things you do, whether from commuting or how you're getting video editing done, break down some of the things you do with kids, with a busy schedule yeah. um, to use your passive time productively. Yeah. So I, if you're out there and you're like, I don't have time, I can 100% relate. When I started my channel, I was working most weeks, 50 to 70 hours. And I commuted about 10 hours a week. I have two kids. One of them is special needs. Plus I have dogs and a husband and I like to see them from time to time. And I worked a lot of hours, like a lot of hours. So I had to be really smart about what time I did have. Um, and so I tried to figure out every little bit that I could use. So from things like you know, I was part of the VRA program. So when was I gonna sit down and listen to all this training at home? Well, the answer was I wasn't. So I was going to listen to it while I drove to work. I might not be able to watch the video, but I could listen to it and the time that I had. Um, I did little things like I kept a small notebook that could go in my back pocket. I worked in a huge factory. So like as I had ideas, I would just like write stuff down really quick. Um, and so they even like um, with my kids, if you have little kids, you know that especially when they're little, little, they watch the same episode of whatever together. <laughs> like for us, it was Bluey. We watched probably Bluey 100,000 times through. So I would edit while we would watch. So I'd still get cuddle time, um, but I wouldn't have to listen to like the same episode again. So there was still quality time, but I used every single minute I could to think through what do I have to get done and how can I fit that in the schedule that I do have? Because I can't change the fact that I work so much and commute. I love that. And Ben, I'd love to hear from you, especially taking us back to, you know, you mentioned as this online YouTube media company growing a business thing grows, we do hire editors eventually or get help. But take us back to those early days when you were just getting started. And I loved Jacqueline that you mentioned turning your car into a college, you know, I know Ben, you, you and I share that similar vision yeah. to get down learning when you're busy, you were running a gym, what are just some of the things you did when you felt like you didn't have enough time to get it all done? Well, number one, uh, I committed to it. There's a big difference between being interested in something and being committed. Uh, I think it was Ken Blanchard who said, when you're interested in something, you do it when it's convenient and then you give up when it gets tough. When you're committed, you do whatever it takes until you get results. So big difference between being interested and being committed. So I committed to it. And I knew that even though it might be slow growth in the beginning. There's no going back. Like I threw my hat over the fence. I'm going to have to go get that hat. So when there was slow growth, I all knew that it was all on the way, not in the way. There was no giving up, no quitting. And uh, it's really impressive what Jacqueline shared because she has a family and she has kids and she was juggling all that. I didn't have that same situation. I have my fiance and my dogs, but it's a different scenario. But at that time, Sean, I owned a CrossFit gym at that time, right? So I was thinking about, all right, I could serve my beautiful CrossFit community and I could you know, trade time for money, um, which was great and all, but I decided to actually leave my brick and mortar so I could go online and actually serve more people. And that's where I made the huge commitment. Yeah, I essentially like jumped off the cliff and figured out how to fly along the way. And that's very different than if I would have stayed with my CrossFit gym or for you all stayed with your job. And I'm not saying to quit your job, but what I'm saying is when you commit to something, you find a way. And in the beginning, that's what it was for me. So yes, it was a lot of work. Um, you know, when it's something that's worth chasing, 
I believe you got to put in a lot of bandwidth and energy in the beginning, and then you get really smart and you start to delegate. And for me, when that delegation started to happen, I had a big challenge and I still have a big challenge thinking that I do it the best. Nobody could do it as good as me. If I'm going to hire an editor, they're not going to know all the little things that I like. And I have to spend all this money and I had all this thinking, thinking, but I knew that there was no way I was going to do it by myself. I would be working from 6 a.m. to 12 a.m. and it would just be frustrating. So I just took that leap of faith and it was one of the best decisions that I made for my business. I love it. Number two is use a calendar and create checklists. And so Jacqueline, um, uh, you mentioned, and then we'll go to Ben about planning and lists. And yeah. so how, why has this been so important when it comes to getting more done in less time and, uh, time management? Yeah. I think, you know, if you're a busy mom or dad, you know that it can really quickly get very overwhelming with all the different <clears throat> stuff you have to do all the different angles. Um, so I was really, I spent a lot of time making sure I thought through what do I need to get done? And I kind of thought about it a little bit differently and especially in the beginning as I was figuring stuff out. So instead of being like, I have to get a video done every week, I started to try to think, oh, how can I do work on a video four hours a week? Like, can I create four hours of work? And then what can I get done in the four hours? And I'll get as far as I can on my checklist because when you have kids, you know, and a job that eats up way too much time, which is what I had, um, you just you only can do what you can do. And so having that mindset of like, let me go through my VRA checklist of, you know, did I create my title? Did I do my research? Right. And then when am I going to go and film? And then when am I going to edit? But in the beginning, I didn't know how much time it was going to take. So it was more about, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself two hours on Wednesday night and I'll go down that list and I'll see how far I can get. And then, you know, maybe I'll get it two hours on Saturday. I can sit and do and go far down, keep going down my list. But the good thing is, is that instead of becoming like, oh, well, I didn't get a video done this week. It was like, well, I used my time really effectively and I kept moving through the list. And then over time, I got faster and faster at things and I got smarter about how I use time. But that's how I used calendars and checklists was, I thought more about time and the activity and how far can I get? I love that. You know, I heard it said that people who want to appear clever rely on memory, but people who want to get things done make lists. I don't know about you, but it always makes me nervous when the waiter or the server at a restaurant doesn't write things down. I'm always like, I'm not impressed. Like, I'm like, actually, I would prefer, especially <laughs> when you've got modifications. And then, you know, sure enough, especially there's eight people at the table, they put their hands behind their back and you're like, two orders end up getting messed up. I'm like, listen, if you can pull it off, good, because then I'm impressed. But it'd be just a lot better to write it down. It's better to have a short pencil than a long memory. And so lists are really a superpower. And uh, Ben, I want to hear from you. Um, number two is use your calendar and create checklists. Is a calendar important for you to get everything done? First of all, what you just shared was brilliant, Sean. Just dropping nuggets, bro. I love learning from you. Uh, yeah, I live by my calendar. I, I really believe for myself that blank space on my calendar is the devil's playground. And it really starts with clearly defining my goals and then matching my calendar to those goals that I don't have time for things that are not serving me. Uh, another quote, uh, Rob, Robert Heinlein said, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily trivia until ultimately we become enslaved by it. So when I am clearly defining my goals and I have that on my calendar, daily trivia does not own me. I own my life. I own my actions. So I look at my, I wake up, I look at my calendar and I'm like, this is what I'm doing today. So when daily trivia tries to seep in, whether it's a friend asking me to go out and do something or whatever it is, I don't have time for that. And uh, that is my goal matching to my calendar. And I just live by my calendar. And it's not just my business events that I put on my calendar. I put my workouts, I put, you know, my date nights, with my fiance, my trips, everything is on there. And as long as I follow that, I know that I'm happier, I'm healthier, I'm making a big difference in my life. So it's hugely important for me, because I have found that when there is blank space, daily trivia tends to creep up. And uh, that's not a happy way for me to live. I don't make an impact that way, Sean. So yes, the calendar, I live by it. And it's huge for me. 
So powerful. And so number one is use your passive time productively. Number two is use a calendar and create checklists. And then number three is turn one video into four videos. We have been touching on uh, batch producing, but Jacqueline, break it down um, how batch producing has worked for you and how you've ended up being able to be so prolific with a busy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who don't come from the world of factories, <laughs> um, they are very consuming. You work every holiday, every birthday, you get calls on weekends, you come in in the middle of the night for all the time. So your schedule gets thrown off. So I always had to create a buffer and do batching. And one of the things using the VRA system that I started to do was I started, you know, we talk about answering specific questions. Um, and I found in the beginning, I kind of went a little bit more broad. And I see a lot of other YouTubers do that in the VRA community and outside of it. And what I started to do was really think through like answering a specific question and then how, what are the other questions people will have and how can I break that into four or five videos? So I've done it over and over again. I'm constantly doing it. Um, so one of the things I did was um, I did a series of videos on one plant. And then I answered every question about that plant, but every question from how to prune it, how to propagate it, how to take care of it, how to identify it, things to look for when you're shopping. Every one of those became their own video. And what I found is that not only is batching helping with your time, but when you're doing a series of videos that are all on that one topic, it's really easy to film because you don't have to keep in your, well, at least for me, I didn't have to keep shifting gears because it was just like, well, I'm just talking about this one plant. And I just had to pay attention to my intros and my outros, but I could really, really optimize what filming time I had and editing time because then I was able to pull all the B-roll because it was all B-roll of the same plant. And I could basically knock out, you know, four or five videos, maybe filming them in like six hours. And um, on all the, almost every one of those videos ranks, if not in the top five, about half of them rank number one. Such powerful tips. And Ben, um, you know, you've been doing this 1,500 videos. And so you've gone through different seasons of live streaming and videos, and now you're at a different level of scale and you're across multiple platforms. What are your thoughts though, on just getting more done, especially for the time starved person yeah. that's trying to keep an upload schedule going when they have minimal time? How would you approach that um, with minimal time to film, edit and upload during the week? Yeah, like Jacqueline shared, it's, I think it's important to batch record and you could do that once a month. Um, you could just block out four hours, five hours and knock out four or five videos, maybe even more and find a flow that works for you. So if, to give you an example, in the beginning, right before I launched my Keto Camp YouTube channel, I had to figure out what's a good flow for me that I believe would work, meaning uh, it's sustainable. And for me, that was two videos a week. A video posted Monday, a video posted Friday. Now for you, that might be one video per week or one video every other week, whatever that flow is. We just, I believe it's important to stay consistent with that. When I saw the channel starting to really take off, I doubled that from two to four and then it kind of took off from there. But I, in the beginning, I was just batch recording uh, once a month. I would block out half a day where I would, you know, do my research ahead of time, learning the seven R system. If you're in the VRA program, you're going to learn that. And I wanted to own my space, like Jacqueline's owning her space and she has amazing videos. Like everybody in her space is following her. They follow, find her on YouTube. She's ranking all these videos. I wanted to do the same thing for keto and then eventually just in the entire health space. So I started to think about what are the most common questions. I did my searching. Now we have chat GBT and all these cool things that help give us that, uh, give those data, the data points to us. But I had a whole list that I compiled and then I knew my stuff. I knew my information. So I put that tripod on, I hit record and then I knocked it out, changed my T-shirt, maybe put on a different hat or took off the hat, knocked out a video. Uh, now it's a little bit different uh, because I'm a little bit more advanced and I have a lot of studies that I'm referencing. So uh, sometimes I'll use, um, um, a what is it called, um, Sean? Not a projector, but a- Teleprompter? A teleprompter. Sometimes I'll yeah. use that to cue me on what I want to talk about. But mm -hmm. in the beginning, it was honestly a Google, um, uh, Apple Notes open with the bullet points, and I just hit record and batch recorded and got it done. I love that. Yeah, and Apple Notes is great. I, I like to use Google Docs um, because once I'm logged into Google Docs on my computer, I also have the app on my phone. I can sit down with my phone and actually just you know kind of mm -hmm. use your phone as a as a prompt for okay 
this video and then walk through everything. And I love what you're hearing from our guests too, is that there's different seasons to this. And so one of the biggest mistakes you can make is if you copied exactly what Ben was doing right now, but you didn't have Ben's team or Ben's situation or Ben's even the financial situation, it'd be the wrong thing to emulate. So it's like, yeah. you want to be applying the right strategies in the right season. And, and Jacqueline and both and uh, Ben are proof that it's possible to do this in the side hustle season when you're figuring things out, when you're juggling lots of stuff. So many people with VRA prove it is possible, but you got to see the price. Um, you got to see the opportunities in your schedule. You got to see that there's possibilities. We could look at our schedule as like, it's an impossible situation. Well, then it will be because if that's what you believe about it. But if you start saying, man, if I start scheduling, rethink about this, I can get this done. And so that brings us to number four, which is keep your video editing simple at the start. And so Jacqueline, yeah. Oh, remind us again. So people were asking about video editing. What did you edit on? And do you edit on the same thing? Do you always edit? And when you do, what is your advice on this number four tip? Keep your video editing simple at the start. So I 100% edit all my videos, even to this day. So, um, so in the beginning, I and today, still today, I shot completely on my iPhone. And because I was running into challenges, especially the first two and a half years of um, first two years of my channel of having time to sit at a laptop and do work, um, I edited it on my phone with iMovie the first two years. I did everything on my phone other than like the descriptions. So I kept it super, super simple. Jump cuts, a little bit of B-roll, a little bit of music, but no, no fancy. Even today, barely any fanciness. I would say I've only gotten to any sort of fanciness now, but jump cuts all day long, simple cuts. Um, and honestly, it, you know, look at other niches or look at the niche you're in, you know, some niches don't care. I would say in the gardening homesteading world, people don't, they don't need fancy stuff, nor are they really that interested in it. So um, I kept it super, super simple and doing it on my phone for two years completely. Yeah, this is inspiring because again, this is and and you don't even have a microphone, correct? No. <laughs> so so you just have your phone. Do you have like a tripod? I have a tripod. Yeah, nice. So you can set up a tripod. Are you standing, sitting here? Uh, that one I'm sitting. So you're sitting down, tripod up. You start delivering your info. You put this in iMovie. We're about to see a little a photo that you added to iMovie illustrating what you're talking about. This very uh, kind of, you know, basic things as you walk through here, but it's your expertise. It's the thing you've been doing, growing bananas. This video has 112,000 views, mm -hmm. shot on an iPhone, edited simply. It's not really about the production value. It's about the content value, but I would even challenge, this is actually great production value. This is how good our smartphones are now. Look mm -hmm. sharp, it's 1080p, you know, the phone picks it up and people want the information and you're able to deliver that outdoors. Man, it's, it's just so powerful what's possible. And sometimes we just kind of have to bite the bullet and open up the software. One of the biggest things I see people say all the time is like, what's the perfect software? The one you actually use. Like what software should I get started with? Like the one that's already on your phone, like just start. Use Filmora or Adobe or DaVinci or CapCut or iMovie. And I know that's overwhelming, but like literally just pick one because you can always change kind of like Brian Tracy says, you just got to eat the frog. There's something about just starting and then you can always make pivots along the way. Um, but I'm curious, uh, Sean, ben, can I give you a, a thing that I do that yeah, really in that vein? So I know a lot of people when it comes to thumbnails are using like Canva or Photoshop. I don't know. You guys use other stuff. Um, I only edit my, my thumbnails in my photo app or PowerPoint. And the reason I use PowerPoint is not because it's the good software for it. It's because in the professional world, I knew how to use PowerPoint. And when I would look at Canva, I literally said like, oh, this looks like a lot like what you can do with PowerPoint. And so to just save time, I would just like throw the picture on a slide and then put whatever word text I wanted on there and then just take a screenshot. Like literally the latest thumbnail on my channel is done in PowerPoint. That's beautiful. And <laughs> one million nine hundred and thirteen thousand five hundred and nine views on your channel you've reached millions of people at this point in terms of people that have been seeing your content been exposed to your content 
and you're just getting started and you're already experiencing so much success. I just want to encourage you. What's the best software to 1K challenge to use? The one you have access to, the one that's free, the one that's already on your computer, the one you already know how to use. And so, um, so inspiring and keeping video editing simple at the start. Ben, have you, did you edit your videos at any point? Yeah, in the beginning I was. And what software did you use? Final Cut Pro is what I used. How'd you learn it? <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> How to use Final Cut Pro on YouTube. That's what I searched. Um, I love that Jacqueline just is like eliminating all the excuses out there that you have to have all these fancy equipment. And it's just, it's really the content showing up and delivering it and being consistent. I know that even for myself, I think, oh, I got to, you know, get better production, get this fancy camera. And I think that's more of like a, a selfish thing that I feel good that I get this cool camera, but really just show up and, and hit record. The fact that you have a, um, an iPhone or whatever it is, a smartphone, that's good enough right there. Get started right there. And then you just get better and you grow or you just stay with the iPhone. That's fantastic, too. I mean, look at Jacqueline. She's crushing it with her phone. Um, so, yeah, I used Final Cut, Final Cut Pro in the beginning took a lot of time to learn it. took a lot of time editing. I would spend hours, um, four or five hours on a 15 minute video. I did use storyblocks.com as uh, for B-roll. I paid like a membership, I think like 40 bucks a month where I could just like download certain B-roll that I could put in my video and I would use Final Cut Pro to put it in there. And then eventually I, I got an editor. I uh, now I have two editors that help me with the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's amazing. And so um, version... One is better than version none. We learned yesterday from Rad. Getting it out there, and you can always up uh, update your software, your cameras, your gear along the way. This brings us to number five, and uh, this is protect your mindset and your energy. And Ben, you had a lot of stuff to share here, <laughs> and I think that this is kind of like the unthought about productivity tip that sometimes. We think about a calendar, we think about lists, we think about, uh, we think we're robots, I think sometimes too. But you talked about how you how you spend your morning, how you spend your night. You talked about the subconscious mind. And I know you're into uh, so much science-backed insights and human performance and getting more uh, you know, productivity out of ourselves. And so what are some things that you do to protect your mindset and your energy so that you can put out your best work to serve your mission, your purpose, your YouTube channel, your community, and the difference you want to make in the world? This is, this is the most important tip right here. So Shauna, I might go a little long, so you just feel free to like reel me in if you need to. But I, I believe 95% of your success in life, whether it's health, YouTube, relationships, finance, is mindset. Um, and 5% is strategy. I call it the mental six-pack. And there is a certain time during the day that we really want to protect our time. And I'm going to explain that. Before I do, I want to share how powerful the mind is with two short stories. There, I'm going to keep them short, Sean. So we've all heard of the placebo effect. I think you all have heard about that. Let me know in the chat box if you have. But the placebo effect started in uh, World War II when the Americans were getting bombed, the soldiers that were getting bombed, they were going to the medical tent. There was a doctor named Dr. Henry Beecher who was attending these soldiers. They were coming in with bullet wounds, arms blown off. It was a nasty situation. And of course, what they did for these soldiers is give them morphine because it would prevent them from going into shock, stabilize them. They could transfer them to the hospital. They would survive. But what happened is that they ran out of morphine. And one of the nurses, she didn't know what to do. They didn't have any morphine. These soldiers were going to the shock. So she put saline solution, which is just salt water in the needles. And she gave it to Dr. Beecher and told Dr. Beecher she was giving him morphine. So he had the belief that he had morphine in that needle. He told the soldier, I'm giving you morphine. You're going to feel better in a matter of seconds. So he transferred his belief. And what happened? They survived from salt water. And then Harvard studied what happened there in World War II. And that's where the placebo effect came from. And then there's the nocebo effect where your mind could work against you. Meaning if you believe you could grow your YouTube channel and you really develop that belief really strong, and I'll talk about the morning time for that, you're right. But if you believe you can't do this and you're not smart enough or you can't afford the equipment or whatever it is, you're also right because there's the nocebo effect. And there was a football game in uh, Los Angeles, California, an entire stadium filled with people and they're watching a football game and two people opposite ends of the stadium start getting really sick. They start projectile vomiting and they rush to the clinic in the stadium, stadium 
and the doctor is attending to these two people, he wanted to know why they're so sick. Why are they throwing up? And the only thing they had in common was that they both drank soda from the soda machine. So his thought was, there's something wrong with the soda machine. He immediately went on the public address system and told the entire stadium, please do not drink from the soda machine. We believe there are two people here that are getting really sick and throwing up from the soda machines. And what happened after he said that? An entire stadium of people started throwing up all over the place. Ambulances were taking them back and forth. And they determined two hours later, there was nothing wrong with the soda machine. When they got the news, they stopped being sick. That is the power of the mind. And in the morning and right before bed are, is when the subconscious mind is most impressionable. So the tip is this, protect your morning. The first 90 minutes of my day is protected. Goals, gratitude, Tony Robbins priming, red light therapy. I mean, mine's a little extensive, but it might be 10 minutes for you. Find a way to not just hop on your phone right away and have a time in the morning where you're reading a book or doing something to set up your day right. And I would also recommend doing the same thing right before bed. As you do that, you'll develop that belief. You'll reprogram that subconscious mind. You'll change those neural pathways. And it's going to mean everything for you, not just for you two, but your, your entire life. Those stories are so powerful. And um, I've learned a lot of this stuff from you. I mean, what's actually funny is got my red light panels over here. here These go. are the kind of thing. Click in your affiliate links, which is, this is kind of a, even if you think full circle, as you start getting into these things, you know, tying it back into, I follow someone like Ben because I want to reach high performance and I learn about products from him. There's unspeakable products, uh, Ben, that you've uh, taught me about that I've got down in my refrigerator. Um, <laughs> and uh, people probably are like, what, what does he mean by that? But I <laughs> mean, I'll just stuff. put it out there. Like I've learned about <laughs> suppositories <That's right. laughs> uh, as a way to get NAD plus and all kinds of stuff. A little TMI probably for everybody watching here. <laughs> but like the punchline is uh, back on track is, is man, protect your mindset and your energy. And one of some of the stuff you said, no phones, no social, no distraction, affirmations, getting gratitude. And then you also, before we go to the next tip here, um, you mentioned every year you do an audit. Can you, can you talk oh, yes. about this one? Yeah. So I, I do an audit on my environment because your environment determines your thoughts, your thoughts determine your actions and your actions determine your results. So if you want to change your thinking and your actions, it starts with your environment. So I do an audit on the people that are close to me, friends, family, um, business partners, et cetera. And I put them into two different buckets. I learned this from uh, Dean Graziosi. He calls them chargers or drainers. So drainers would be obviously people who drain you, people who you have a conversation with, and you're drained. They're gossiping. They're telling you, why do you want to have a YouTube channel? That's silly. That's stupid. It's too late for YouTube. YouTube has been around for too long and you feel drained. They go on one side of the piece of paper. And then the other side are people like Sean, people like Think Media, people like Jacqueline, Chargers, people who support me, cheer me on. Uh, they inspire me. They go on the other side of the paper. And I'm very intentional with spending more time with the Chargers and less time with the drainers. So I recommend you do that audit. I do it once every year. So powerful. And of course, you know, we love our family and you have different friends at Thanksgiving with whoever and Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, the way you put it is you spend less time with the drainers and more time with the chargers. And yeah. one of the things we've learned at Think Media um, and one of the, the powers, pro probably out of everything inside of VRA fam, one of the most powerful things is getting around a community of people that are maybe thinking different than some of the people around you right now, as well as the Facebook group. Like just imagine keeping this kinds of conversation going, the VRA show monthly, like with how important psychology is and your mindset is to actually having success on YouTube. That's why just a course is really not enough. Information alone is not enough. It's about getting support and getting surrounded with a community so that you get your mindset right. And so that's definitely one of my favorite tips. And uh, that brings us to, uh, let me recap, and we're going to go to number six here. So number one, use your passive time productively. Number two, use your calendar and create checklists. Number three, turn one video into four videos. Use batch producing. Number four, keep your video editing simple at the start. 
Number five, protect your mindset and your energy. And number six, stay flexible. Uh, I just saw Victoria talking about in the in the back end. You might be saying, first 90 minutes of the day, wait till you have kids, what happens? And I'm kind of in that tension point right now because with a two and a half year old and with a seven month old, man, before those, I read a book called The Miracle Morning. And my miracle morning was just a whole Zen experience, uninterrupted. Now you never know if you get a surprise. A little one wakes up. But I've actually still found that if I'm disciplined, uh, I can get up early enough or that you just have to get creative and you got to stay flexible. You know, if we become too rigid, like I have to shoot this Saturday, but life comes up, stuff comes up. And so, Jacqueline, um, you said when we were talking about the pre-planning of all this, make a plan, but stay flexible. Can you break that down? Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, I want to say something about number five, because one of my favorite phrases that kept me going when I was having hard days from VRA was I will until because that that mindset motivation is I could go on and on about it. The, in the factories that I worked in was PepsiCo. And what I did for 10 years was culture change. So specifically working to change people's mindsets and processes. So that's all my jam. But when it comes to flexibility, you know, it's It's really about, and this is why I loved VRA, because it gives you the steps. It gives you the process. It gives you what you should be working on. So when you map out, you use your calendar, you make your checklist, right? Focus. What I did is I focused more on what I could control. And what I can control is my behaviors and my actions. What I can't always control is the outcomes. So I might not be able to, if I keep working on my checklist, I might not have finished the video as fast as I thought I was going to, but I control that for two hours. I dedicated myself. I worked on my checklist. Right. But it even comes down to like, I've got kids and it's great that I say, I'm going to set aside a couple hours to go film. And then they want, you know, someone's melting down, someone scraped their knee, someone, whatever. But even to the point of like, they want, they, they are aware of YouTube and they want to be in the shot. And so I just try to roll with it. It's like, okay, well, I can't get them out of shot. So I guess we're going to be in shot. The video is not about them, but like, can I literally had one? Um, my oldest son is special needs. I could not get him to stop talking. So I literally was just like, okay, you're going to say number one. And then I would say, seeds or something. I don't know, whatever the topic was. And then I would get him to say number two. And he was so excited. And about 10, 15 minutes of him getting to say number three. And I tried to get him to say some of the other words, he, you know, like squirrel and he moved on and dad was able to come in and help with that. (laughs) Um, But sometimes you got to kind of roll with it. Like maybe you're just going to have to cut it short because a kid's melting down. It just happens. Um, And so I always tried to figure out ways or one of my little ones super attached. So I had a video I was supposed to go show how to plant strawberries. This literally was like a couple months ago. And instead, the video was him and I planting strawberries and it didn't necessarily go to plan. But, you know, a lot of the people who I feel like in the history, like I would have been like, oh, it's not the way I wanted it to be. But so many people commented about how cute he was and they were so supportive of seeing like a little kid learning the skills of gardening. So because I wasn't reacting like it was a problem in the video, I was just reacting like, hey, we're doing this and I'm rolling with it. The audience, right? My community reacted in a similar way, which was accepting and loving it. So it became a really nice thing in the video instead of it being a problem. So try to think about when you have challenges, sometimes they can be just make them into a different solution than what you expected. Yeah, and and I mean, Life is life. And and what I've also I've learned about seasons, especially now as our whole season has changed. We've had different seasons of of health challenges. Some people here were talking about dealing with chronic illness. Ben knows that I've uh, been dealing with kind of a carpal tunnel repetitive stress injury. And that I was talking about this, I think on VIP, a question came up about how I've dealt because I've talked about chronic pain and chronic illness and and who you're around. You could probably see hanging out with Ben for a little bit. He starts getting into a different mindset. You start realizing, like, I feel better just talking to him. And then there starts being that practical, those tips, and uh, all of those things can help us. But one of the terms that I love is grace-based productivity. Yeah. Grace-based productivity, where we have grace on ourselves, where we hold ourselves to a high level of accountability, hold ourselves to a high level of productivity, but at the same time, give ourselves grace 
Like it's okay if maybe one day doesn't go good or we need to take a break. It, mm -hmm. it, what should you do if you're tired? Rest. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to take a day off. Think about where we're going to be in the next five years rather than just in the next five minutes. The yeah. best thing we can sometimes do, I saw someone say, is breathe, take a break, be flexible. Let today maybe go and we can pick it back up tomorrow. But Jacqueline, you may have hit this, but I want to just call it back to you again. You, you said that in the beginning, you had time blocks on your to-do list and mm -hmm. you had you were you had like certain targets, like maybe doing 10 videos in 12 weeks. But you found that sometimes um, that you didn't always hit that. Mm -hmm. Did you just talk about that, or uh, that was is no, that a good not thought? quite. So in the yeah, beginning, so break that down. Yeah. So in the very, very beginning, because I think one of the hardest things when you're getting started with YouTube is, um, for most of us, it's not the career we're in. So I didn't like how long is it going to take to film? How long is it going to take to do research? How long is it going to take to script? I had no idea what to block out time with. Um, so in the beginning. You know, I, I targeted doing a video a week, um, but I was definitely giving myself a lot of grace of like, well, I just don't know how much time it's going to take. So in the beginning, I would do things like I'm going to get home a little bit early, but before the kids get home. So I've got one hour to do whatever it is I can do. And as I go, I'll get better. And so I, I think having that target, but like Sean was saying, like, give yourself grace because honestly, I think sometimes in the beginning, we're so excited about growing on YouTube. Um, we, we just want to make it all happen right now. And that is the fastest way to burn out. And so by allowing myself to be like, I'm going to hit a video a week, but I might not have time because I like, I still got to pay the bills and be with my family. Um, so I'm going to just try to do as much as I can during the time I can do. And I was really proud of myself. I got 10 videos done in 12 weeks and there were weeks I missed, but I felt good about it because the time I did block out, I was productive and I kept moving forward. And so I really focused on, am I in the time I'm giving myself doing the things I can do and that I can control because I can't control that. I don't know how to edit yet. And I don't know how it works on iMovie yet on my phone. So I got to figure that out. Or, you know, I don't, I didn't know that like my neighbor was going to, cause I'm gardening channel, right. They're going to mow their lawn. And now here's a lawnmower during that hour I blocked out. And it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to, like, there's nothing I could change about it. So I really gave myself a lot of grace. And like, I, I think there used to be like a, in the old days, right. Like it was very tortoise versus the hair. Like mm. just know that like in the long run, it's going to work out because I'm going to keep, keep picking at this. Um, but it might not all be the way I think it's going to in the next couple of weeks or the next few months. And so I'm it's, just focusing on it. It's so funny you bring that up. It really is kind of like Murphy's Law that during the exact hour you're filming is the hour that your neighbor is landscaping with power tools. Yes. Or even today, right before the first session, I went down and my son was like, juice? And so I started making juice and I was mixing up this electrolyte based zero sugar juice. I mixed a little bit of sugary cranberry juice in there. I didn't screw the top on there. Boom, red juice all over the kitchen <laughs> during the 10 minute countdown this morning on session number four. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the kind of stuff affects your mindset. I'm like, honey, she already is taking the kids today. We're like throwing the towels down. And man, you need some grace based productivity because, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to be productive, and, you know, one of the phrases we say at Think Media is blessed are the flexible, those who bend and don't break. Mm -hmm. Man, you got to be flexible. And uh, Ben, really quick before the next tip or or anything that you have to share with us, what are some things you've learned, whether when you get a setback, bad news, as an entrepreneur, you know what it is to get punched in the face and punched in the gut, maybe physically, but I mean, metaphorically, <laughs> uh, you know, where, yeah, you, 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 you have tr trouble, drama, challenges, a hard week, a hard year, a hard month. Uh, what have you learned about staying flexible? Yeah, great question. I'm all about flex. Uh, keto flex is my book. So yes, I'm all about being flexible with keto included. Yeah, I think, well, I, I really believe this, that the most important thing is to love what you're teaching. You know, Jacqueline loves gardening. She loves Florida. And um, it's like when things come up, it's like, okay, this is just part of it. It's, it's all on the way, not in the way. You know, Sean, you love teaching YouTube. You love teaching mindset and develop, developing your business. It's like, find something you, that lights you up. I love teaching health and keto is a big part of that. So when uh, there's obstacles, you know, funny story, cause you're talking about the juice thing. Every Wednesday at 12 PM Eastern time, I go live on my YouTube channel 
And I've been super consistent with that. In four years, I probably have missed maybe seven Wednesdays in four years. And that's because I was traveling. And recently, I cracked the windows open here in my apartment because I like to get a good you know, breeze coming in here. I don't know if there's a beehive by my building, but I'm in the middle of a live stream. And there are like 30 bees going into my room here. And my and my fiance is allergic to bees. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I know, dude. I'm like, you got what attacked. Is- it was dude, a bee attack. It was a bee attack. And I'm like, I got to go. I got to I got to stop this live stream. Right. And then everybody's laughing. And like, you know, it's all just part of it. Right. But, yeah. you know, to answer your question, when when obstacles occur, when setbacks occur, my mindset, I teach this to my students. It is not about the setback. It is about the get back setbacks or setups for something great as long as you're so committed and you love what you do there's learning opportunities in all of that the problem is that so many people don't love what they're doing they're probably teaching a topic because they think that's what's going to be popular or that's what's going to do well there's not going to be longevity in that there's not going to be stamina in that but when you love what you teach there is longevity there's stamina you produce energy whenever you need it so those um, stop signs become speed bumps when you love what you teach. So that would be my advice. Like you're going to be flexible when you love what you're teaching. <laughs> I can't get over this B attack. Like this is the whole thing. <laughs> like you know, what are the different stories, the trials of content creators. The one time <laughs> when I got attacked by bees during a live stream. Um, so stay flexible. That's number six. Uh, stay <laughs> flexible, uh, which brings us to number seven. And I love this one. Get help get help. And we're going to start with Jacqueline. You know, sometimes what we think about when we think about get help, um, what we don't mean is, is, is get help, like see a therapist, although you should do that too, I think, because we all need help. Uh, you know, the Beatles reminded us help, like I need somebody, we all need a little bit of help, but help could just mean, can we enroll a family member, you know, in the vision? Can we enroll our partner and be clearly uh, more clear about what we're asking? Hey, honey, could you watch the kids on Saturday morning? Um, can we uh, get assistance and get help from ways that doesn't have to be hiring somebody, although that is important too. And Ben can have a, has a lot of wisdom to share there. So Jacqueline, what is your thoughts on um, this idea of get help? Yeah, I, my husband also named Ben, <laughs> um, when we started doing videos, I had a lot, we had conversation. Well, he watched some of the videos too. Like the, I think you had a mastermind back then. We literally watched it together. And, you know, he, we had very like frank conversations about like what it was going to take to try doing a YouTube channel, what kind of time commitments it potentially was going to take. And, you know, what I love is that even though I'm the face of the channel, my husband is a hundred 150% behind the mission of the channel. He is my super secret sniper in the background. That's just like, he is so proud and so passionate about what we're doing to get people. Um, and it would be very hard to do what I'm doing if he wasn't a hundred percent on board uh, because he does, you know, when I go to film, like he'll have both kids and that's not always easy, especially with um, we've gone through some challenges with um, dysregulated behaviors and stuff, really bad ones. And, um, but he helped with that. Even my mom and dad, like they would pick up my kiddos and then like keep them maybe like an hour later. And I would try to get home like a half hour earlier. And that would be my, my film time (laughs) as I like run home and I would literally like get out of the car, throw my stuff down, do a little something. So I didn't look like I've been in a sweaty factory all day and then walk outside and just be like, okay, I'm talking. Um, so my parents have also been super helpful with just like maybe watching the kids for a couple hours. Um, and stuff like that. And then I have friends who are just supportive and will like rate comments every now and then. Um, so that's always helpful too. It doesn't have to be like hiring people. It's, it really can just be small things like, Hey, can you walk, can you distract the kid? Can you go play tag with the kids for like 30 minutes so I can finish figuring out this title and thumbnail? Like it literally is like, we will to the minutes. I'll be like, can you, I just, I think I need 15. And Ben's like 15 or 10. And I'm like, okay, 10, I'll try to make it work. No, this is so powerful. And I know that people do have questions about hiring and, and we're going to drop uh, some tips on that in just a second. But I actually want to challenge you right now. You're watching this, whether live or on the replay, to start journaling. And number one, to, to start writing down some names of just the people in your world. The people in your world that, number one, you may need to enroll in the vision. Have you discussed building a side business, your future, 
budgeting for this, thinking through this? Who do you need to talk to um, to maybe ask for help? Sometimes just a list of people, and maybe it's the people you haven't thought of. Oh, my sister-in-law, oh, uh, or uh, my cousin, somebody who maybe is wanting to earn uh, some extra money. You've got a nephew or somebody's 14. He could, you know, you start thinking, yeah, I could probably, they could babysit on Saturday mornings. Start just writing down and brainstorming a list of people in your world and then start writing down and brainstorming a list of tasks. Sometimes the thing that could be is hiring a video editor, or sometimes the more practical thing, again, could be like getting somebody involved to watch the kids so you could edit the video. Um, and like Jacqueline says, or you edit the video on your phone while uh, you're watching Bluey. I was going to say Blippy because uh, my son's super into Blippy and Mika right now. He calls him Blappy. You know, it's funny when it comes to help too, is my son um, goes, help. Like it, when he needs help with anything, he goes, help. And I feel like we could be a little bit more like, like Sean Bradley, my two and a half year old, and ask for more help. And when we start to enroll people around us in our vision, um, a lot of more momentum can happen. But ben, and one other I forgot to even mention is um, all my direct neighbors are super supportive of the channel. They know I have a channel. And so they will um, probably after the six months, they would now when they see me go out there and film, they'll be like, oh, I was going to pressure wash my car. You want me to hold off for two hours? You know, like they are literally all like all my immediate neighbors will they will actually go out of their way to like stop mowing or stop blowing or stop cutting wood or whatever they are doing that day. Or my one neighbor who's next door, he'll be playing music on the radio as loud as get out. You know, it's all copyright and music. And I'm like, Hey Shane, do you mind like turning it down? I'm going to film. And he's like, yeah, he has a project going on. He's got contractors. He spent a bunch of time talking to his contractors so that they knew not to drive onto like, what would be my yard because he knew those were all native plants and that I would want to like make sure they were protected. And he made, and like, he checked on it every day. And then he let me know, he's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like I talked a lot with those contractors. They know not to step on any of it. Like super, super sweet. They are all so sweet and supportive and protective of the channel. And they don't like, so it can even be stuff like that. Wow. No, it's so powerful. And, and so I want to, okay. So write down a list of names, just brainstorming and then write down just also a list of tasks and then write down some conversations that you know, you need to have, because when it becomes written, it becomes real. You're all, you're holding <laughs> yourself more accountable. And, and also remember that it is the person's right to say no, and you're not going to get hurt, offended. You, you're, you're simply, you, you're, they might say no, but they also might say yes. So if they say, yeah, no, I don't know if uh, I could commit to, you know, two Saturdays a month of helping out, you're not mad. Like you got nothing to lose. You're just maybe getting, and then maybe by simply telling them your vision, we need to articulate our vision, articulate yeah. what we're doing. Once you start to articulate and clarify what some of your goals, what your vision is, you'd be surprised. Maybe the person says no for 45 days, but they go, hey, are you still doing that YouTube thing? They're like, yeah. They go, actually, my Saturday's opened up. I, I would love to actually help out. You know, that could be your aunt, you know, mother-in-law or something. And you're not offended if they say no. The question is, what happens if people start saying yes? And you'd be surprised that there could be a lot more opportunity in your world when you are bold and courageous, write down a list of people, write down some various tasks and maybe some things you could invite help for, and then write down some conversations that you want to have. Like, I know I want to talk to this person about that. And the framing and opening of the conversation is, listen, no pressure. And obviously, you know, uh, I don't even expect you to do this, but would you consider, and uh, you'd be surprised what could potentially happen there. But Ben, I'm curious because you did hire and committed to hiring your first editor, but did you have a budget for it at the time or what was your situation then? And what did you learn? Well, first of all, I'm impressed with Jacqueline's neighbors. I mean, that's, <laughs> she's got some great neighbors. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a budget for it. I, I looked at how much time I was spending uh, editing videos and then I looked at how much uh, I would spend on, on Fiverr is what I used to, to pay an editor. And I felt like my time was worth more. Um, my, what I was paying, what I would have paid the editor made sense because I felt like my time was worth that. My 
worth the money I was going to spend there. I think I'm making sense there. So I would recommend figuring out what, what you think your time is worth an hour, right? And if let's say you feel like it's $100 an hour is what you value your time, then I think anything underneath that should be delegated. I didn't have the budget for it. And I figured out ways to get creative and get that budget. Now, I'm not going to give financial advice here, but I tend to bet on myself. So I'll tend, I tend to get like small business loans like Stripe, PayPal. The cool thing about those loans is that you pay them back with your income. They take a certain percentage. So I, I did that. I bet on myself and you know I, I won uh, essentially because I paid that back, got the money back. And that one editor then turned into an assistant that I hired. And then now I have two assistants. Now I have three health coaches that you know work for me in my Keto Camp Academy. But it really started with that one person. I didn't have a budget for it. I'm not Dave Ramsey. I didn't do it that way. But I bet on myself and I got really strategic with um, with capital. And I, I do think it's very important to eventually bring on a team where that's one person or five people, because I do believe if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, make a big impact, then you got to go with the team. You, you teach that all the time, Sean. We are in on number eight, which is pace yourself. And so Jacqueline, you, you shared some stuff and you touched on this a little bit, so we could probably get to nine pretty quick, but speak to the idea of pacing yourself when it comes to, uh, doing this YouTube. So I'm a all in kind of person. So I wanted to be like, get it all done, get to a, you know, I don't know what number subscriber in my head I thought I would get to in the beginning, but, um, I really have learned that pacing yourself because you're going to go through times where stuff goes really well. You're going to go through times where for some reason the video just doesn't hit right. And if you just keep focusing on that long game, right, that that tortoise, be that tortoise, you will win in the end. It might take longer than you think, but you just really got to pace yourself because otherwise you hear about so many creators burn out. And, you know, I feel like if I could be, I, I'm so glad you guys asked me to be here because I feel like I could be a good example of someone who works a lot of hours. It would have been very easy for me to burn out. And it was through pacing myself that allowed me to be successful. I didn't come out doing a million videos a week. Um, I just did a video a week or what I could do. And then, you know, it, it grew. The first hundred subscribers is the worst. I will say that. It took a long time to get there for me. You may go faster, um, but I had to pace myself. I really, really had to. And it's worked out. And it, it, that's the other thing, right? It's like the numbers are, it's more about the people. And when you focus on the people and the individuals, you're going to win. You'll win because you don't have to have a million subscribers to make a full-time income. You don't. So, so true. And one of my, fa I'm so glad you mentioned Tortoise and the Hare. Uh, I actually have... Uh, this this website's Aww. called Ugmonk, and I got this um, graphic where it's kind of in gold leaf at our Vegas location, and it says slow and steady wins, and you could see a little turtle there at yeah. the end of the wins. And so this was him developing the art. But that tortoise and the hare story is so powerful because um, if you sprint, leave all your energy up at front, it's even pacing. I've, I've run a few half marathons. You got to pace in the half marathon. You, you don't just leave it all out there. You might not even finish because you burn out too soon. Mm -hmm. But it's so much more about the long-term journey than it is just about the next week or the next year. Yeah. Uh, I love both of your visions because your mission is a lot bigger than let's just make some videos and make some money. You, of course, you need money for the mission, but both of you are really purpose-driven people. That's our biggest you know, passion is to help purpose-driven entrepreneurs and content creators. And so you're not just about the next year, you're about legacy. You're about like the future. Really quick, give us a little bit of that purpose that drives you. Both of your purposes inspire me at the highest levels, but Ben, like what is, what is your purpose fueling your YouTube channel? Well, I mean, there's so many people who are unhealthy, uh, unnecessarily, the, the stats out there are, devastating cancer, heart disease, et cetera. And I know that a lot of these diseases are preventable. I lost my dad through the complications of diabetes in 2014. And I know that what I teach all over the world now would have saved my dad's life. If I would have applied what I teach, he would be alive today to see all the cool things that I'm up to. But I also get that I was given that mountain so I could show the world the mountain can be moved. So my mission is to help 
the world, help 1 billion people. Actually, that's the goal. Inspire 1 billion people and help them understand your body was built to be self-healing. You have everything you need inside your body to be self-healing. We just got to remove the interference and you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. So that inspires me because I've seen so many, I've helped so many people get off their meds, reverse their diabetes, uh, stage four cancer. It's just amazing what I've seen. And it lights me up because there's so many people out there who are sick and unhealthy and they could get their life back with what I teach. So I always keep that at the forefront. It helps me serve the purpose and the mission and gets my attention off of myself and how cool I look, how cool I sound, which did not serve me in the beginning. And it puts my energy into the mission. Man, so powerful. Erica says it makes uh, her cry and, you know, it's giving me chills as you talk. It brings us back to, and I want, because this is session five and we do have two more tips, but because this is session five, um, bringing us all the way back to session number one, where we talked about why is it that you want to start YouTube and reasons come first results come second. Mm -hmm. What are the reasons driving you? I think you can feel the power and the energy behind what Ben is sharing, but Jacqueline, you you have a, a whole vision that I'm like, okay, I meet you. You're in VRA. I'm like, you love gardening. <laughs> Great. But then I start to hear from you. You're like, no, I like want to change the ecosystem of Florida. <laughs> like I want to yeah. like shape literally the atmosphere. So break down what's like your vision for your channel. Yeah. So um, I wasn't born in Florida, but I lived here pretty much my entire life. And you know, Florida is one of the fastest growing states. There's so many people coming from all around the country and all around the world. But the challenge is, is that they're, they, they bring with them a lot of the ideas of how nature should look in Florida. And that's not actually what Florida looks like. Um, so really what the vision of the channel was, was to help people start to learn what Florida is from a ecosystem wildlife standpoint and integrate it into their own homes. Because Okay, this will be like the negative part. Usually I'm very happy and focused, but like, you know, we've lost over 50% of our, our bird population. We've lost about 90% of our native bee population. Um, we have many, many species that have only almost gone extinct and are exclusively live in the state of Florida. Um, and they've, we've had ones that we thought actually were extinct, but because of the work of people and what they do in their gardens and out in our conservation and restoration areas, you know, we have the ability to change and we are making changes, but with so many new people, they just don't even know what they don't know um, because we're so unique down here. And I love how unique we are. We have, we are one of the best states to watch birds. We're one of the best states for butterflies. 17% of the world's species only exist in Florida. So there's a lot of really cool stuff going on down here. And I, I don't want us to lose it just because we have so many new people who just really don't know. And a lot of times when people talk conservation and saving wildlife, it's just like donate money and it'll go to some park somewhere else. But so many of us can have make the difference, make the change from our own yards. Um, you know, 80 percent of the land east of the Mississippi is privately owned. And it's one of the reasons why we're losing a lot of wildlife is because of plant choices of what people are putting in their gardens. So I focus a lot on native plants and getting people excited about putting native plants in their garden because they can really start helping our whole entire uh, food web. And, you know, they don't have to just focus on the big ones like the Florida panther, but like they can be helping things like the Atala butterfly, which we actually thought went extinct in like the 1930s, but it's completely made a turnaround because people started including native plants in their gardens. So I, so, I'm really passionate about that. <laughs> so powerful. And, and for those worrying or wondering, we still have 0.9 and 10 coming up. <laughs> a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but actually kind of our bonus tip of this session, because we are on session five, is I do want to call you back to your journal, writing down your reasons, writing down your why, and maybe type tapping into deeper levels of inspiration and drop it in the comments as well. Reason being is when I see Jacqueline's success and Ben's success, it is evidence to me that yes, they've invested in their learning and they've persevered and they've paced themselves. But once you start going deeper, you dig beneath the surface, you're like, wow, there's like a fire. It's those reasons. It's this mission that they're on. And it's it's real. Like this is a big key. We are obsessed with you winning on YouTube and your success, but we also know that that's going to probably be unlikely if you don't tap into those deeper driving force purpose, having a strong why, having a why that makes you cry, something that gets you out of bed in the morning, something that'll keep you going. 
And I want to encourage you, you might be like, I'm not sure what it is. It's there. We may just need to be able to unearth it a little bit and even increase it, like raise necessity on it a little bit, because that'll be a huge key to success on YouTube. So we're going to hit nine and 10 in just a second. But Ben said he had one other thing to share on this. So Ben, uh, take it away. Yeah, just re uh, real quick. There's a, a book that I read every morning called Radical Wisdom from Reggie Campbell. I don't know if you have that book, Sean. If you don't, I'm going to send it to you. But he takes excerpts from the Bible and he relates it to real life. And the other day, just the other day, the, the, the title of it was, Are You Driven or Are You Called? And it resonated with me so much. And it's, it's, re it's exactly what we're talking about here. There's a big difference between being driven and actually feeling like you're called to provide a service and have this mission. When you're driven... You know, you just go, go, go. You could burn yourself out. You get negative comments. You stop. But when you're called, like you have energy, you have, um, you're in a flow state. Negative comments just deflect off of you like water off a duck. And I feel called. I know Sean feels called. Jacqueline feels called. And I want all of you to feel called, not just driven. So I just want to make that point there. And I believe there is a big difference between being driven and actually being called. Whew, man, dropping some fire. We're going deep on the session 505. Number nine, though, let's go to number nine. Uh, invest in programs, coaches, and mentors. Ben, this came from the notes that you submitted. You said that uh, this is something that you've done. It's been a pattern for you. And so what power have you seen in this? And then we'll take it to you, Jack. Uh, this is a huge tip right here. Tony Robbins always says you could take decades of learning and turn that into days when you invest in a coach, a mentor, a program, a book. I'm a student. You can see all the books behind me. And it's funny, when I was in school, high school, college, I did not read books unless it was a textbook to, to you know, graduate a class. But now all I do is read. And I study three hours every day for the last 14 or 15 years, three hours every day, whether it's physical books, podcasts, or audio books. That is one form in, of investing into a mentor. But then there's another level to that. Because information alone, Sean said this a little while ago, information alone will not change your life. We are drowning in information and starving for wisdom and truth. It's the application of the right information with elite coaching over a period of time that will change your life. If it's just the information, every librarian would be a multimillionaire and a celebrity, and that is not the case. So I invest a huge percentage of my monthly, of my yearly income on courses. I've invested into VRA. I've done... Uh, I went to grow with video live last year. I, I've invested in your uh, masterminds. I'm investing into coaches all the time. And it takes me from a level uh, five to a level 10 and a level 10 to a level 15. And it, sometimes when you invest in a coach and a mentor, you, you, the accountability part is so huge to have somebody hold you accountable. It is Bob Proctor used to say, accountability is your success insurance policy. It takes your goals to your results and it sticks them together. So having accountability is huge. And then also sometimes I know for myself, I tend to have self-limiting beliefs. And sometimes I don't believe I could hit a certain goal. I have desires, but I don't have the belief. But a coach, a mentor, Sean, somebody, Think Media, they could have the belief in you and you could borrow their belief until you actually adopt that belief for yourself. And that right there is a huge value in coaches and mentors. And yeah, Sean, in Think Media, you guys have been huge for believing in me and seeing that belief until I developed it. So I think this is a huge tip right here. I appreciate your kind words. And Jacqueline, before we get to number 10, what has been your experience, whether investing in, in VRA or just seeking outside of yourself to continue to learn and level up? Yeah, no, I, I'm lifelong uh, and I would definitely always recommend finding a coach for whatever you're going to do in your life, finding coaches and mentors because we learn personally through trial and error. And so when you're doing things that you've never done before, you don't, I mean, it's what I was saying about gardening. You don't know what you don't even know. So you don't even know the questions you should be asking. So you need to get around people who know what things you should be doing to get you started. And that can look like a lot of different things from the stuff you find for free on YouTube to, I, I love VRA. I think it's, just broken down so well and helping you work through what you need to do. I'm sure you could figure it all out on your own if you spend enough time. But if you want to just like, and then the community around it, because I had a mentor um, throughout my professional career, and he always talked about Jahari's window, which is, you know, the window has four panes. There's what you know, what people see, and what you know about yourself, and that they can see what you know. But there are things that you don't know about yourself that others can tell you that they see. 
And you need people who are outside of you. So that's why I like the VRA community so much because you can post your thumbnails and get feedback. You can post your video and get feedback, <laughs> you know, because you may have those blind spots that you just, you, you think you're doing okay, but you just can't figure out why is it not working. And it just takes that other coach or peer or mentor or that community like VRA to just watch it and be like, oh yeah, this very thing. And like everyone else will tell you, oh, it's so obvious, but you have blinders on, you can't see it. Um, so having that, plus having someone guide you down the path, you know, you can make it through a forest if you know enough. If you don't know, I mean, you're gonna spend a lot of time wandering around. So why not have someone who puts the roadmap out for you? Um, so I've invested in VRA when Sean had the inner circle. I was part of inner circle. I've had a coach for helping us write our book, which will be coming out in the next couple of months. Um, and I even have a business coach to help us kind of figure out like what are the right products and offerings for the community so that we can continue to grow the business. So I, I'm a big fan of investing. Yeah, I love that. And as we land the plane and we've gone through our uh, 10 tips, number 10 is enjoy the journey. And I know for me that sometimes um, this is all super fun, but sometimes you wake up and you're like, oh man, I got to shoot a video today. <laughs> or, um, you know, one of my favorite authors is Stephen Pressfield, who wrote books mm. like Do the Work um, or The, the uh, War of Art. And he talks about the resistance. Mm. And for anybody that wants to do creative work and even that has a calling and you feel that mission, you still wake up and think, maybe I'm going to do it tomorrow and not today. The resistance that's like, oh, you're not ready to shoot the video yet. Oh, what, what, you know, people aren't going to take you seriously. Uh, you know, you know, all this self-doubt, the voices in our head, the negative self-talk, the resistance. And so sometimes, even though this can be fun work, it is easy to lose joy in the process. And I love what you said, Jacqueline, this was inspired. All, all these tips were just synthesized from everything you submitted, but you inspired this because you said, learn to enjoy the process. Jacqueline, can you talk a little bit about that? And then Ben's going to land the plane on this tip. Oh, well, yeah. Because I, I think, you know, we, we want to find the joy in the results and the results always come or they don't come in the way that you think they should come. And so, you know, I've, I think I've talked a lot about like focus on the things that you can control, which is your behaviors. And so, you know, find the joy in editing. You're going to spend a lot of time editing. <laughs> editing takes more time, I feel, than most of the other steps. Um, but I really like doing the editing because when, you know, I, most of my career in the factory, I loved doing what I did in the factory, but I didn't have any way to do anything creative. So I liked how in the editing, like, you know, especially as I kind of continued my journey, like what music am I going to use in there? And like what B-roll shots and like, how can I kind of tell a story and make kind of a narrative to get a message across that isn't necessarily an obvious message and kind of take people through things. So I really enjoy kind of, uh, I do vlog style videos at times where I really focus more on feelings. I mean, I, mean, I gathered I'm interested in people's feelings, but like the feeling of like, it's really hot and miserable. It's the middle of summer. <laughs> you still got to go out there and garden. How do I convey that feeling so that my fellow Floridians are like, yeah, me too. It's really hot. It sucks right now. And then they feel kind of seen. And like, how do I make them feel motivated in a video when you know, we kind of go through a second wave of restarting our gardens in the fall. And it's like, how do I get them remotivated? You know, and, and just acknowledging, finding the fun things that you like in the process. I like figuring out how to convey those stories, messages, plus the information about native plants. You can always tell my thumbnails are native plants because I look super excited because I'm like, yay, I get to talk about butterflies and, and native plants again. <laughs> so find the parts that you really like and lean into those and that aren't about the results, but are about the process because those will be the things. Because sometimes I don't want to edit a video and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do like a montage of flowers for like two minutes in this video because I just want to and I'll just throw it in there. And some people don't like it and a bunch of people do like it. 